Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. And you know where you are. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while always seeking to walk in real faith, apply real faith, live out real faith. What is real faith? You know, it's a it's a, it's a huge question, and it's one that we try to tackle here every week. And identity seems to be the cornerstone of everything. Um, It's certainly the root of everything that we seem to try to talk about, work out, reason through with scripture um, together weekly. So I want to dive in this week with um, two of my two of my favorite. You know, it's like you try to find new and interesting ways to introduce, you know, your co-hosts, your your regulars, your tribe, your family. Um, I always do anyway. And sometimes they're just there just aren't enough words to describe the talent and the anointing and the gifting that I think is present within each young woman um, who is a, is a part of the girl club tribe that we are here. So joining me this week is Christina Boudreau and Nova page, both very talented evangelists, teachers, and um, two women who really love the Lord and try to live their life walking with the Lord who are gifted to teach and to pastor and, um, and, and lead, you know? So this week, you guys, um, I kind of thought we would dive right in with uh, what's kind of been going on uh, with a conversation we had, I guess it was a couple, a couple weeks ago. And um, hello, as everyone filters in, if you're listening on podcast, you don't see what we see on live stream at Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, which is everyone saying hello. So good morning, everyone. It's nice to see you guys, Laverne, um, Miche, I I see everyone kind of commenting in, Pamela Lee. Um, So last week, Anna, you know, Anna usually pulls clips that become, you know, from our girl club live stream and podcast, and they become clips that she posts on social media and a lot of other places. And interestingly enough, one of the clips uh, of something we were talking about kind of got into the issue of premarital sex. And, you know, we were talking about, we were having a bigger conversation, but we, you know, 
I sort of kind of went there because nothing impacts identity more than sex and sexuality, you know, and our ideas of sex and its place in our life and in society today. So it's kind of like the big thing that no one talks about, um, almost like sex is a bad word, you know, or a torrid word, even though it's something that was created by God for us to enjoy in the confines of a marriage. And, um, and of course, that ticks a lot of buttons and boxes for a lot of people because, you know, what I find even in the body of Christ is that a lot, most Christians don't actually live out the biblical uh, teaching and it's not a suggestion, it's a teaching that we should wait until we're married to have sex. And um, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be explicitly said for it to be explicitly said in numerous places in the Bible. So I think it's an uncomfortable conversation for, you know, pastors and leaders of churches, because if you have a lot of single people or young people in your church, it's just a horrible conversation to have, because I think you might fear losing butts in seats, you know, but I always find mm. it interesting that when I have these conversations and I just say it flat out, it tends to be the clips that get the most traction. Mm. Like this clip has just gotten so much traction, so many comments, so much feedback and about this subject of waiting until you're married to have sex and, um, you know, I've been in a lot of conversations and getting ready to kick off kind of the writing of my next book. And I've gone round and round about what this book would be, what it would be. And I keep coming back to sex, to purity, you know, to waiting until you're married. And of course, we've had some of those conversations here. And but it's it's from my perspective, I deal with so many women who are you know, they're, they're Christians or they're non-Christians, you know, both, or they're baby Christians. And there's so much confusion around this issue of sex and dating and marriage, and then sex being a problem in the marriage, you know, after you're married. And I kind of feel like, how do we walk it out with the Lord if we don't talk it out with the Lord with each other? And so I kind of wanted to pull a, some of the comments, you guys, that are made, you mm. know, um, really about waiting until you're married. And, I, you know, I, I get them all. They all sort of sound like, like this. Well, I mean, that's stupid. How would you know if it is, it's going to be any good? Well, I would never want to marry someone if I hadn't actually tried it first. Or, um, well no one's going to do that with me. No one's going to wait for that with me. Mm. Um, you know, uh, all of the different, all of the different testimonies you get. But I, but I want to start us off by reading a comment that was written under this clip. And if you guys go to, to um, my Instagram at, at Cynthia Garrett, you can see the clip. You'll know which one it is on, on sex. And this comment was riveting to me. And, um, I want to read it and start here and, and just kind of read a few of these comments so that I can get 
Nova, your perspective and Christina, your perspective, because I know, you know, Boudreaux, you're single. So and I know that this has been I know you dealt with this and have it have a take on this. That's going to be a real blessing to people. So one of so the first place we started, which really broke my heart and it really stretched me to try to figure out how to reply, because this is really the one that is the fearful one for people. You know, it's the, what if I do it God's way and I don't get the reward, you know? So, um, Anna, if you would, for those of you watching on live stream, we're going to put the comment up on screen. It's from at homesteading cottage. And she wrote, you know, this bugs me. And she's referring to my video in which we're, we're, you know, I'm saying, look, you know, sex outside of marriage just doesn't work. Doesn't work for you. Not, not in the ways you really want it to work for you. This bugs me. I made the mistake of not waiting for marriage and then decided I wouldn't do that anymore. Mm. Dated and was not able to find the man that God had for me. No sex and regret now. Still not married at 52. Had a stroke and now stuck in a nursing home. So I missed out on 30 years of sex and never got to experience that because I was surrendering to the Lord and staying true to what he asked. And what did that get me? alone in a hospital bed with my principles. Now, I want to read what I wrote back to her. And then I just, I, I, I got to turn it over. So Anna, if you could put my reply back up. Um, so I said to her, because I really prayed about this, you know, you guys, before I answered, because it's real what she's saying. So mm-hmm. I said to her, you know, this is real, sis. I'm sorry. Honestly, heaven and eternity is the goal. And it seems that if we die with our dignity serving the Lord, we're walking out our faith and he is faithful on this side in life and on the other side in eternity. I pray you are not bitter and that your heart heals on this issue. I often ask myself the question as I did when I was celibate and single. Well, what if this is as good as it gets? What if I never walk on water or see the miracles? What if I don't get the guy I want, right? Will just knowing that God loves me be enough to keep me near and satisfied? Will I serve him without a perceived reward like a man or a new house or whatever it is that I desire? When my answer was, yes, Lord, whatever your will is, I will find peace in it because I know you're real and I'm living for eternity, not just for today. And I trust you. Then I was truly free in my spirit to live my life and discover my purpose and calling. Sis, I feel your pain, but please consider the scripture and count the cost for the excellent joy of knowing him. Maybe the God who knows the end at the beginning saw a bad end with a man and he spared you. He's your father who knows and sees it all. Trust in his plans for your life and enjoy the time that you have here because it's passing and a better life is coming. That's what I wrote. Don't know that it was substantial or sufficient enough, but I would love to kind of open the floor up to you guys because I think it's easy for us to say this is what scripture says but I always want to go into well this is what the world is saying and this is why they're not following scripture and forget the world this is why the majority of Christians are not living out the scripture on this one so this poor woman I feel her pain I saw her, I saw her comment, Cynthia, before you replied to it. And I was like, Ooh, (laughs) Cynthia's going to reply to this. (laughs) So I was feeling your pain 
as well I was as hope, I was hoping one of you guys would hit that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, man, first of all, I mean, I don't know if she is watching or if she listens, but I just, I feel so much for her. So I feel like, man, I just feel so much compassion and empathy to just her story and where she's at. And her story is tough. It's really, really tough. And yet, just like you said, man, it's eternity. Like in the end, all of us, like, I mean, everything that even we work towards ends up being, it can be really futile if we don't know Christ and know the hope that we have. Like it is, this is definitely not our home. And that's, that's probably easy for me to say as somebody, now I did save myself for marriage and I've been married uh, for 27 years. I did not have any sex before I was married. And, you know, I, I guess you could say I did it the, the way God's word said to do it. It didn't mean that there's not challenges and that everything's just perfect. It just means that there is, you, you're working and, you know, working things out as you go. And, um, but I, I don't know if there is a perfect answer. I think, think what she honestly was looking for is some empathy and compassion. And I don't know if, if there's an answer to that. Like I, I really, other than what you shared, which, you know, in some cases might make somebody like her even more angry because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is that, is, do you, do, does that make sense? Like it might make her, I know sometimes when I'm in the pit of my ickiness and someone tells me the truth, I'm mad at it because I don't want to know it. I, Cause it's like, I know it. I don't want to hear your truth, but the God, his, you know, we wouldn't be loving if we weren't truthful. And that is, it, it's what you shared with her is truth. And you were loving in your response. But it may not have been what she wanted to hear, but possibly what she needed. Like, yeah, I mean, I look, it definitely resonated as truth from the bottom of my prayer tank, you know, because I realized like, you know, we all when we give our lives to Christ, we definitely if you don't if you're not careful, you can do it with a Santa Claus expectation. Yeah. You know, right. I've given, I've given him my life. I'm doing it his way. Now, now I expect, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I do believe that the promises of God are real for us. I do. But I also believe that a lot of times God, because his will is all knowing because he's sovereign, there are things on this side of heaven that I just don't know that I will ever understand until I'm there. And that's called faith. And maybe he was getting in front of a truck for her. You know, maybe he was saving her from something. Maybe he was saving her from herself. Because I know a, a, a big problem I see with a lot of women is that we tend to make men and a relationship our idol. You know, um, yeah. when... God wants to be our first love. Yeah. You know, Christina, um, how do you like, how do you wait? You know, how do you, uh, how do you like when you're dating someone, is there a place where, is there that moment where you go, well, I gotta, I gotta do something with this guy. So I know if it's going to be any good. Cause that's a really real, that's like the first comment I get back from people. 
Yeah, you know, Cynthia, I think, you know, for me, it's so interesting we're having this conversation because this Friday and Saturday, um, there's a young adults conference at Calvary Chapel Monrovia that um, I just want to comment on Pamela Lee. I love her. Um, You know, I'm speaking at a young adults conference at Calvary Chapel Monrovia Friday and Saturday, and this was the very topic the Lord put it on my heart to talk about. And I just was like, Lord, like, why this? Because there's going to be young adults, you know, like males and females Friday. I'm doing co-ed and then Saturday I'm doing a workshop for the girls and out of everything, and that's not even, I'm not even in a dating season right now where I'm like dating people or really looking to date anyone or, you know, trying to find my spouse. I think I'm just so focused on what God has for me, but the Lord really put it on my heart that this is a conversation that young adults need to hear about specifically in the church, because I think in church culture, um, especially, you know, I'm like 33, right? And so people sometimes at church are like, how are you doing it? Like, how are you still single? And how are you celibate? And how are you like, and I just joke with them. I'm like, I have a club called the last day Unix and I'm the president. And, you know, cause you just got to joke about it. But I realized that in my life, I remember yesterday, um, I took like a Sabbath day. I have a super stacked week this week and I just drove down, you know, to the beach and Ventura and I went thrift shopping. And I remember I was driving through the Canyon and I literally just had this sweet moment with the Lord where I said, Lord, as a single person, I'm so fulfilled because I'm fulfilled in you because the truth is like the world has fed this lie. And I believe the church has also, coded and i want to go into that in a second but i think the world has fed us this lie that sex is what makes us complete and sex is what makes us whole and sex is what makes us satisfied and through sex you're accepted and you're loved and all those things but yet i have a generation of kids that constantly come to me whether i'm at a public school or a college campus or a church that are telling me how unfulfilled they are in their sexual relationships, right? Outside of church. And I also have my married friends that once they get married, and I don't know why I'm a single person, people feel comfortable talking to me. My single girlfriends tell me, right? That on the other side, they they tell me, they're like, I've waited my whole life to have sex. And on my wedding day, I had sex. But then they're coming to me with tears in their eyes telling me that they're not satisfied. And, I, and I'm looking at that and I'm like thinking, okay, you've waited your whole life for this you know, goal of crossing the finish line of waiting to have sex till marriage. Yet once you cross that finish line, you're unfulfilled. And that tells me that the issue is not a sex or sexuality issue. The issue is a heart issue that when we are truly satisfied in the Lord, as you know, when we are complete in him, when he has been everything to us, right? We could crop, we could, and yes, we wait to have sex till marriage. That once we are married and we have sex, we're not looking to sex itself to satisfy us. And I do want to validate yes, we're sexual beings and we all have sexual appetites. And one day when I get married, you bet I want to have sex when I'm married. But I realize that as a single person, at like in my singleness at the age of 33, I can't wait to be satisfied as a person until I one day cross that line and, and have sex and marriage. I'm realizing that as a single person, I'm satisfied with my life 
because I love the Lord and he loves me and I get to serve him and he is everything to me. And even if I cross the finish line and get into heaven, if the trumpet blows today and I get raptured today and meet Jesus face to face, I will be able to say that I experienced the greatest love on that side of eternity and on, you know, in heaven and on this side of eternity here on earth because I found the love of Jesus. And I think Satan wants to feed us the lie that, you know, that sex is what makes you happy and complete and all these things. And so you die unfulfilled, but really true fulfillment is found in Christ. Right. And I do want to validate that because even too, I, I have met friends that have waited till marriage to have sex with, and they have, and these are friends in ministry, by the way, friends in ministry that love the Lord And if they are unfulfilled on the other side of that, then I have asked myself, Lord, where's true fulfillment found? It's not found in five minutes of of sexual intercourse. It's found with a heart that has been truly satisfied in Christ. Because Christ Christ created us so that only one thing will satisfy us, and that's a relationship with him. He didn't create us so that a sexual relationship will satisfy or a house or a money will satisfy or a spouse will satisfy. He created us so that only our satisfaction can be in him. And so I just want to say that as a single 33 year old person, I'm satisfied in the Lord, not because I have a boyfriend or because I'm married and I can have sex. I'm satisfied because I have Jesus and I have found that in him. So whether I get married tomorrow or 10 years from now, I guard my purity, like, to be honest, like I guard my purity with the music I listen to, with the things I watch, because I don't want to arouse a desire in a season that I'm not in right now, because that is where the enemy can come in. So to my sisters out there, I want to encourage you, guard your heart, girlfriend. If I, like, I went, um, I don't have, like, TV, but the other day, like, I went on Netflix just to see like dude like what are the shows you know because I'm in front of youth and so I'm like what are the shows that are out there right now every single show that's out there right now is sexually charged so if that's all you're watching even a normal crime show that has a scene and it arouses a desire of course you're gonna feel like you're missing out because that's what the enemy's telling you that you're missing out and every single song that's out there is arousing a sexual desire so dude Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're listening to. Focus on things above, not on things on this earth. And so I've done that in my life, and that is what what has worked for me. And I'm not a nun walking around, you know, with like a whole like rosary and stuff. Like I'm a cool chick that loves Jesus, and I'm walking out purity at the age of 33. So listen, yeah, no, that that's that's not all. That's a mouthful, and and you know, and and. a few mic drops in there. And you know, what's interesting to me, CB, about, about everything you're saying is I think, you know, it's true. It's like, there's a book written by Mike Bickle called the seven longings of the human heart. Love is one of those seven longings. God created us with these longings. And I love this book because, you know, we have a longing to be loved. We have a longing for significance you know, we have a long, a longing to leave an impact, you know, for our name to mean something in the world. All of these things are great as long as those longings are satisfied in Christ. And, and to kind of dogpile on what you said, CB, I think it's really interesting that people pray for their spouse 
right? And, and if you're one of the ones who waited and then got married and then were disillusioned after you're married, my question is, are you still praying? Because like, it seems like a, a lot of couples will pray for a spouse and then get married. And then if the sex isn't satisfying, then they want to leave. They question their choice. They question God. They question their life naturally, right? They question everything like, oh no, this isn't like the cupcakes falling out of the sky. I thought it was. Well, if you've waited, you're, if you've waited and you're going into a marriage pure, you may not even know how to actually enjoy sex with someone else at that point, you know, and, and Nova, you could speak to that better than me. But my, my thing is, I think you have to keep praying. You don't stop praying because you got the husband and you got, now you can have the sex. No, you pray even more because you now have the husband and you have the sex because you need the Lord in everything to be able to have a fulfilling, satisfying everything, even a sex life. You know, for me, with the brokenness that I've gone through in my life, that I brought into my marriage, because you're nuts if you don't think that premarital sex and the relationships you've had prior to your marriage are in some way going to mess with you when you're married. They are. They are there. They mess with you. They, the whole thing, right? And you got, all of that requires the Lord in it. It requires prayer. It requires open honesty between me and my spouse, my now spouse. You know, that's the only way that we've been able to overcome some of the fact that I didn't wait, you know, until I was married. I waited with him. You know, we, we dated, courted, he courted me for four years and then we got married. That's my testimony. But my, my testimony before that was a lot of damage, a lot of wreckage, mm -hmm. you know, because I thought that, it, you know, if you were in love, you could have sex with your boyfriend. You know, and, and, and it was a big driver for me. I was a very physical person because I used my physicality to protect myself from my sexual abuse. You know, it was a wall I built around my heart, you mm. know, and I know a lot of women who do that also, they've been hurt. And so they build these walls and those walls include behavior that mm. hurts them as much as what they've experienced at the hands of men, but they don't even realize it until later, you know, because I think there comes a point where, you know, uh, you know, you realize it, you know, I, I remember on sex in the city, they, you know, it was always like this funny little thing in this TV show called sex in the city, where one of the girls would do the walk of shame home. That's what they called it. The walk of shame, which meant, you know, they'd been out all night and slept with or hooked up with some guy. And then were like going home in the same clothes that they had on the night before. And they called it, the walk of shame. I always found it very interesting that a totally secular television show written by totally secular people telling women how to behave like men. And it was, it was gay men who ran that show. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on. Right. But I always find it and found it really interesting that it was called the walk of shame because even unbelievers know when something should be shameful, you know, mm. And, you know, anyway, Nova, I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, like, I know when I got married, a whole other level of work began for us in our physical relationship it was another level of prayer and work, you know, because it was four years that was very healing for me. But I also went into my marriage and it was like, oh, 
okay, there, I associated sex with, with sin. I had mm-hmm. a hard time making the switch to it's okay to have sex with my husband because I associated it with, you know, sin and, and abuse and manipulation now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of interesting comments. If you guys want to, um, I might've opened up a can of worms, Cynthia, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, look, I really, sex and sexuality is so important to our identity and it yeah. is the greatest source of identity confusion that we see in our world today. I mean, period. You know, every but every conversation, I mean, for Pete's sake, you can't even be a comedian and do a special on Netflix without it turning into some conversation about sex and sexuality. You know, LGBTQ, trans this, trans that. It's really all about sexual identity. Mm. You know, it's about identity. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think this is something important to mention. Uh, Pamela Lee writes a really great comment. They live a life of condemnation, but God also extends his love, grace, and mercy for the repentant heart. I think it's important not to stay in condemnation. And I think someone needs to hear that. Amen. Amen. Amen, Pam. Yeah, it's, it's at your, and it's true. You -hmm. need to hear that. Because if you think that since you've fallen off of the bicycle already, you can't get back on and ride the bicycle on Mm. a righteous path, you're wrong, you know? Yeah. I I would say too, you know, we're, we're stepping, we have a situation, I'll just say in our life with, you know, my son's in college. And so he has all of these friends and people that come in and out of our life. So, um, but there's a scenario that, you know, I was made aware of, of, um, one of the people that, you know, he knows who is completely addicted to, he's actually has like a sexual addiction where he like has to get to this girl and it makes him like angry. And he, you know, so on the other side of that, you know, making sure that, you know, we extend grace and it's really God's grace. It's not, it's, it's God's grace. Right. But praying for the hearts of a generation that are so incredibly rebellious because we've become lovers of self-gratification and lovers of ourselves. And so like my prayer for this generation is that, um, that they would stop being lovers of themselves, that they would repent of that. There would actually be a repentant heart for that uh, because that's going to change everything. You know, uh, we are very self-consumed. We want what we want when we want it. And we do, you know, going back to Cynthia, what he said, like he, God is not Santa Claus. He's not a vending machine to get us what we want. What he looks at, he looks at us and says, I love you. I want a relationship with you. And, and with that relationship, you guys, like any relationship comes some suffering. There's suffering in my marriage. Yeah. That is the truth. Um, There is suffering learning to be a sexual being that is whole and, and, um, and enjoying that, that piece of my marriage, there is, there is that surrender to the Lord. And there's a lot to this conversation. But when I look at this generation, I look at the kids that are coming through my home. um, I look at them and I go, they're looking so they're desiring so much to be satisfied. Mm. Um, And we will not get it apart from Christ, period. And Mm -hmm. 
that isn't the news that everybody wants to hear. It's it, not. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a very inconvenient truth. It's so what it is. It's yeah. so inconvenient. Yeah. Mm. And it, 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 yeah. it, I mean, you know, Cynthia, like my, my natural go-to is compassion and empathy and like, really like, man, I feel so brokenhearted for people. And I do. However, we are in a time where we're, we're so afraid to say, no, God says no sex before marriage. There you go. Why? Mm. Not because I hate you because within the covenant, it can become so beautiful. Mm. And quite honestly, that's been my experience. Yeah. I waited. I had some things happen in my life where I wasn't perfectly on the straight and narrow, but I waited. Uh, it was challenging because all of a sudden it was no, no, no. And I've shared this before. It was no, 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 no. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day, yes. What does that mean? Well, right. all that means is that now I have some beautiful work ahead of me to enjoy the intimacy um, that I get to experience now. And it's still work. It's still, you know, you still have to try. You just aren't like, well, I'm married. I'm having sex. Life is perfect. And hallelujah. It's not that it's, it's conversation. It's saying what you need, what your heart needs, how you receive love, how you give love. It is, it's so much work, (laughs) but it's awesome work. Yeah. But it's still work. And yeah. you know what? We live in a generation that doesn't want to work for nothing. Nothing. It's just like, give it to me now. And I right. want it now. And that's it. And that's that's the challenge that I see and what I experience. And that's not everybody. This isn't like Nova just saying, that's everybody in this. It means that there is a, a really big trend toward all I care about is my own desires being fulfilled. That's it. Right. And that that is the whisper in the ear constantly through social media, TV shows, movies. I mean, even the most pure TV channels, like my mom, and I'll mention it because there was a comment about the Hallmark Channel here. And I don't know which one it was. Anna, if you find it, you can put it up on screen. But, um, uh, and I'll read it for those of you listening on podcast. But basically, you know, Ah, okay. Pinu wrote, um, well done, CB. Also true. My pain is Hallmark Christmas movies. Someone has the idea that Christmas is about falling in love. Okay, so Hallmark, (laughs) right? Which is, Hallmark is about fantasy. It's true. Like even Hallmark, which is this place where my mother watches it at 78 because she's like, oh, there's no sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's clean. I can deal with it. I get what she's saying because I've seen Hallmark before. Yeah. It's incredibly boring in a lot of ways, but it is. It's clean. So I get it. But, you know, and when I say boring, I mean in terms of like action movies and Marvel and the things that might keep you riveted to a screen, right? Yeah. My mom yeah. wants to see stories. But all of those stories are about falling in love. Uh, it's all about the spouse. You know, how do you get the person of the of, of the opposite sex or you know, whatever. And it is interesting because there's not even, there's not even the pretense that they're waiting to have sex. It's just a cleaner version of a bunch of people falling in love and having sex out of wedlock. You know, it's, so it's interesting because even in the cleanest forums, we're not sold the truth. The truth's Mm -hmm. not being whispered into our ears the lie is really being whispered into our ears or just an avoidance of what the truth really is. And I, and I think 
I think it's, you know, goes back to what we're talking about, which is that, you know, nobody really wants the truth today. Yeah. Yeah. And Cynthia, I want to speak into that as well, because, you know, I think, you know, you have a generation where when people don't know Christ, the end goal is, you know, it's like, how far can they push the line? And once they have sex with someone, they're like, well, what's left? So they break up with that person and they go on to the next person and then they get what they want and they go on to the next thing. So you have a generation that's hit so many dead ends looking for satisfaction. And, but what they don't realize is, you know, I mean, I've, I meet with junior high kids. I'm talking like 11, 12 years old. And they're telling me that they've had like five boyfriends that school year. And and with all those boyfriends, they've all, they've had like sex with all of them. Like literally, like you're having like these 10, 11 year olds because you have Instagram, right? Like on your phone, even Instagram, there's like soft porn on Instagram. Music is sexually charged. Everything they're watching on TV is sexually charged, even Disney Channel. And uh, like the yeah, Dis- especially Disney Channel. Yeah, Let's especially. Let's say especially. Yeah, yeah, especially Disney, like very sexually charged, right? And so Satan is feeding them this lie that sexual relationships equal completion, which is why they're like, okay, well, if a, you know, if a heterosexual relationship isn't making you happy, maybe a gay relation, a gay sexual relationship will make you fulfilled. So once that doesn't satisfy them, they just go back and forth, back and forth to where by the time I'm meeting with these kids, they're so confused. They're so sexually messed up. They've tried both sides of the basketball court, both heterosexual and homosexual relationships where they go all the way, by the way, mm-hmm. sexually. They've given themselves completely to the opposite gender plus the same gender. And they have met a dead end where they realize, man, like, what is going to make me whole? What is going to satisfy me? And I and I do want to agree with Nova because as I've gone to our public schools, you know, with our whosoever events, and as we're sharing with these kids, these kids are coming to us so messed up that, that have these stories and they are encountering Jesus and they, and Jesus is the only thing that is making them whole, that Christ is the only one that can make them whole. Like look at the story of the woman at the well, it's in John like five or six, right? Four, five or six, the story of the woman at the well. What did Jesus tell her? You've had five husbands and the man you're living with now is not your husband. And what he basically spoke to her was what you're looking for can't be found in anything on this earth. It's only found in a relationship with me, the Messiah, and out of your heart will flow streams of living water. And I just truly believe that even in marriage, right? Like got like, I just want to talk about that for a second, that sex is so beautiful within marriage but even sex within marriage, God didn't create sex within marriage to like satisfy the longing of the human heart, right? But you, or to like satisfy us completely because sex wasn't created to satisfy us. Sex was created, sex wasn't created. Yeah, it's satisfying to a certain degree, right? I'm sure in marriage, but sex doesn't make us whole. Only a relationship with Christ will make us whole. Yet Hallmark and Disney Channel and all these people the producers and the people behind the scenes is constantly painting this picture that a loving relationship, that a, um, 
that a Hallmark love story or a, um, what do you want to call it? Like the, like the prince and princesses, what are those stories called? Like the fairy tales. That if you have a fairy tale, that will make you whole, but those things will never make us whole because only relationship with Christ can. And I just want to like end on that, that it's just, you have a generation that's very messed up. And I agree with Nova that when you give them the truth and they experience the truth, which is the gospel, I've seen it in the lives of these young people. Like it, the gospel's making them whole. After yeah. Yeah. Well, up. what we what we really need to pray for is the the softening of the hearts of this generation toward cool. a God who loves them and yeah. and really that he would be come uh, their everything, because cool. I'm looking at these kids that, you know, yeah. and they they are they're in college and they're just so incredibly lost. And, you know, half of them go to a Christian college, but it's it's still just like, well, college kids be college kids. And it's, it's funny. I was just talking to a mom of a, of a call of a kid that's graduating, going to college next year. And she's like, well, there's just not really any like place where God is like really, you know, working for, for any of these kids. There's no college that, you know, that's really, kids are really living for God. Like they're still going to do it Nova. And I'm like, really, It, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, my son has been, and I, I use his, him as an example, but he's been dating a girl for four years. They have not had sex. They get made fun of. Um, but they both know like there, there is a fear. There is a healthy fear of God in both of them. And, and it, it is because God has made himself real to them. It's not because I told them they can't like, clearly they're adults, right. but there is, and that is and quite honestly, you guys, as a mom, and as women who are praying for this generation, we that's our job as spiritual moms to pray for the hearts of this generation, not so yeah. that we would be right. No, yeah. so that God would have his way in their lives, that they yeah. would come to know him, that the gospel, it comes all the way back down to like, Jesus is real. Like yeah. the, he, he loves you. Like the gospel is to be made known throughout and Jesus should work. Yeah. And I know you've heard me say that before, but, and, yeah. and he does, but it, it's, it's not, um, he's just like you said, Cynthia, he's not a vending machine. God, you know, no, no. And, and you're right. It's about real faith. Like at a certain point, you know, even our praying for this generation, right. As, as spiritual moms, big sisters, you know, yeah. aunts, uncles, all of us, right. Fathers, we've got to have faith enough to know that our prayers matter and faith mm-hmm. enough to know that it's not about us being right. It's about the Lord being honored. And it's about, it's about them living absolutely fulfilled lives, you know, unhindered by all of the brokenness and the drama that they cause for themselves because, yeah. you know, they, I mean, look, you know, I look at, I was watching an interview um, recently with Paris Hilton. I, she just got married, I guess. And um, basically she was lamenting about the sex tape that made her famous. And now, you know, she's saying now that she's married, right. And a grown up, she never really wanted that out there. The guy tricked her and released it. Pamela Anderson Lee has been, open for years of, you know, hers being the first sex tape that was ever released to the world. Right. And, um, 
you know, certainly I remember being younger and hearing there was this sex tape with Pamela and Tommy Lee on their honeymoon. And oh my gosh, and never saw it, you know, but I certainly know everybody was talking about it. And it's so interesting because to this day, this poor woman is mortified by the fact that someone stole this tape that they made on their honeymoon for themselves and their marriage, no judgments, right? Uh, but that someone stole it and released it to the world and made hundreds of millions of dollars on it. And she never took a dime. And I, I find it interesting to hear people as they've gotten older, these aren't even believers per se. You know, I don't know that either one of them is a Christian or not. You know, I don't know. But I know for myself, you know, being a woman, you know, who can kind of relate to their generation and, and what they, we sort of came up. I remember even, you know, in the similar, well, in the same circles. I mean, we did, you know, I had a n- number of nights in clubs in New York with Paris and, you know, giving her and her sister rides home, which they would never remember because they were kids and they were passed out in, in the car. Like I remember, you know, and it is interesting how you get perspective as you get older, no matter what you believe. And it's like, Whoa, I regret that. I regret that. I mean, there, there, are, there are things I wore on red carpets that I look at now and I think, huh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have made that choice today, you know? But I think in your, in, in your youth, you know, you don't know so much. And we don't tell them because as older people, we say things like, well, you can't expect them to do that. I mean, you know, they're all going to go to college. They're all going to do that. They're going to, you know, and what's wrong with us that we don't set the bar higher? What's wrong with us that we don't cast vision for lack of vision? People perish. I mean, that's it's such Bible. a good point. That is <laughs> so strong. That's so strong, Cynthia. I love that you said that. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Like without vision, people perish. Like what's, why can't we say, man, you guys, like it could be so great if this, if only this, um, why are we ashamed to, to speak, uh, purity and, and truth to them? I love that. I, you know, I, I guess I don't think, I don't think we are, but maybe as a generation, maybe we've, we've done that. I I don't, I don't, I don't think enough leaders on pulpits really speak about purity. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah, they they probably don't because we yeah, because we've seen so much scandal, you know, and everything does rise and fall in leadership. That's quite true. But yeah, I mean, just thinking about the kids that sit on my couch and, you know, really, it's interesting. They're really just interested in in having relationships, somebody who will listen to them, maybe speak some truth into their life. But they come and they just sit around and they just they want to be heard and known and um you know, getting back to like, you know, purity and, you know, me walking into marriage and covenant, I would say to like something that I just want to make sure we say is, yeah, I think sex can be complicated either way. But when you come into covenant, um, there's something different that happens. And that's, that's why when you have sex outside of that covenant, it's super messy because no one's committed to anything. You're not committed mm-hmm. to it. But within the covenant, you're committed to, man, I want to make this work. I want to love you. I want to be loved by you. Like Safety. Into, 
safety, intimacy. But to Christina's point also is like, man, unless we are intimate with the Lord, it's going to be so hard. To, if we haven't bore our soul to our Savior, how might we bear our soul truthfully to another before we've done that? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. Nova, one thing I really love about your story, Nova, is that like you... I remember just like hearing, you know, your story about like you and Ricky. And, you know, when I think about those young people that sit on your couch, and even for me too, like I'm currently on my couch and I'm one of the young people <laughs> sitting, you know, across from you. I look at, at, at your, at just your story. And I'm just like, yes, Lord, like I, I want one day what Nova and Ricky have, because like yeah, you guys me, have painted a picture for me of the, of the beauty and the fruit of waiting and what happens mm-hmm. in covenant. What is the fruit of that is godly mm-hmm. offspring, right? Yeah. Like Hallelujah. With Shiloh with, um, you know, with your son yeah. that he wants to walk in the example mm-hmm. And I say that like for you and even like, you know, Cynthia and Roger, like even when I was in Nashville for Christmas, I was like, dude, I just want, I want to hang out with Cynthia and Roger because Cynthia and Roger mm-hmm. are like so cool, right? <laughs> like, I love you guys. And you guys for me have like, I look at Cynthia and Roger and I'm like, yes, Lord, like I want what they have one day. You guys have given a vision for my life. And then Nova and Ricky, you guys have given a vision for my life. And I have these godly examples in my life of something to be like, okay, that's a picture, right? I have this painting behind me. This is like what it looks like. This is what a godly relationship looks like. This is what a redemptive art piece looks like that's been torn apart. But a lot of young people don't have that example. So like with us, let us be an example to a generation, you know? And I truly believe that they want that example. They're looking for that example, but there's just not many people that are willing to be that example because they're afraid of offending or being politically correct, you know, or whatever. And so, yeah. That's the thing, you know, seriously. And I know Cynthia, you are with me. That's like to God be the glory that anything wonderful could come out of the union that we have with our husbands. Right. Like, right. That's so awesome. Thank you, Lord. And, and I will be one. I mean, I will join that, you know, that place in history where I say it does work. It, yeah. it, it doesn't mean it's not hard work, but it does work. Yeah. It, it does work. And I am not worried about offending anybody. Yeah. I'm not like, yeah. I'm okay with, with being offensive. If it means that I preach Christ and the truth of Amen. Um, the word of God. And you know, I'm going to look to the word of God before I look to anything else. And Amen. man, I, I know that every day it, it is daily surrender to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what makes my marriage work. That's what makes our sex life work because we are surrendered yeah. and submitted. And, yeah. and, and I hope that I, I, I mean, if that's offensive, then let me be a, offensive all day long but I that's it's not easy but it's so worth it yeah it's so worth it yeah I uh, agreed Nova and you know there's there's so many you know look before we go today because we've we've got a little bit more time I just all of your comments that are coming in right now um on live stream are so relevant And if we don't get to them this week, I'm going to pick them up and we will get to them next week because I think it's so relevant. I mean, you know, I'm looking at 
Salombre, you wrote in something really interesting. At 58 and celibate, it's sad to say I'm competing with men that want younger girls. That could be our daughters. Nothing Mm -hmm. against the girls. I just don't want to become jealous and envious in my heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so really quickly, this really goes in this conversation deeply because this is because the reality is that it's not about the younger girls. It's about the men. What's wrong with them? Listen, I, I think that, you know, love can be love. Yes. But when, when there's a real big age divide, you know, you have to look at every situation, every circumstance uniquely, but you shouldn't feel that you have to compete with anybody, you know, and, and, if the man doesn't see that a younger woman could be his daughter and he doesn't find value in the fact that she's a daughter, not his wife or play toy, he's got issues and you don't want to be with him anyway. Mm. I mean, you know, really, because I, I've, I've worked through that when, you know, knowing a lot of men, I've always been friends with the guys. And that's one that, I feel like the real um, spiritual guru on this issue where I'm like, well, if you would rather be with a child than a grown woman, you have something else going on, not that child or me. And I, I, I never feel in competition with somebody half my age. I, I don't, I you know, so Salombra, I just, I, I really, I, we will be praying for you that you don't turn that on to the women, but that you, you know, you keep that self-sufficiency and that love for those young women who need you, sis, you're a strong yeah. woman of God. You know, you're, exactly. uh, you've been a regular here from day one and I know what your walk is like. And hmm. those young girls need you. you. I can't begin to tell you how many young girls have come into my home inappropriately dressed in front of my husband. They have no grid for what's correct. And, and I've had women friends say to me, oh my gosh, how can you entertain that? How can you have her around? And I'm like, you know what? Because she doesn't know any better. And she needs, she needs my love and wisdom. You know. And I have really and truly, because of God's heart in me for this issue, have seen some, I mean, I've got a handful of young 20-something and 30-something on fire rock star Christian girls now, but it was a journey getting them to understand that their, their nipples weren't to be on display under their shirts in front of my husband. I mean, it just, you know, it was a lot. And, and when you're in a, when you're in a marriage with a man that you have waited for, and this all requires a wait, a wait, a wait, a wait. And then you're at that, at that place where you know him, then I I never worried about him in that. Because he would turn to me and say, you have work to do, wife, with that one. He, I mean, I listen, my spiritual daughter, Hannah, who you know was a part of the early girl club shows, who, who, she was a hot mess when she came into our house in her lingerie and her thongs and everything else. And that girl today is a young woman of God and the Lord has a huge calling on her life, you know, to reach the UK, I believe. And so, you know, we have to really be the mature women of God that we are when we become mature women of God, you know, and, you know, and, and, and we have to remember that we're worth the weight and the, you know, someone wrote this in, you're absolutely, you absolutely are worth the weight. 
And the search for a man who will wait is often exhausting, but so worth it. I actually want to change that because I would say you're absolutely, you absolutely are worth the wait. And the wait for a man who will wait is often exhausting, but so worth it. Because all of this is about waiting on the Lord. And while you're waiting on the Lord, live in your purpose, walk out your calling, do what you need to do (laughs) with your life, because Mm -hmm. God created you with a unique purpose. And he may have created you to be a wife and a mom or whatever also, but that's not all he created us to be as women, because as women, we can give birth, but we can also cook and clean and draw and paint and write and sing and teach the gospel. There's so many things that we're gifted to do, mm. you know? So could I speak into that real quick, Cynthia? Yeah, totally. Um, just to Solimbra, like, I know that, um, you know, like a lot of those guys that are looking at those younger girls, like, and going after them, to be honest, they're just looking for a good time. A man who truly wants a woman who sees eye to eye with them, heart to heart, shoulder to shoulder, is going to be looking for a woman that they could do life with, right? Sometimes when guys just go for the cute younger girl who's just that, that, that girl is just a cute accessory to make him look good. But a man who's looking for a godly companion to do life with them, to raise children with, to be like heart, when I see like Cynthia and Roger, right? And even like Nova and Ricky, they go heart to heart. They go mind to mind. They are at the same level. So the man that you're looking for, girlfriend, is not a man who's going for these like younger, younger chicks. You're looking for a man who's seasoned, who's going to love your heart, that's going to love your wisdom, that's going to love the woman of God and woman of the word that you are. So I'm going to be praying for that for you specifically, that you will wait for that man. That man that will see a seasoned woman of God that you are because that's what he's looking for because that's who he is. I see guys even my age, like I'm 33, guys that are way younger than me think I'm their age because they think I'm in my 20s. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But even at the age of 33, I'm not looking for a guy that's in his 20s. To be honest with you, like I want a guy that's in his 30s, you know, prayerfully who is seasoned, who is looking for a woman of God, not a girl of God, but a woman of God who's going to go shoulder to shoulder with him, eye to eye, heart to heart, mind to mind. And I feel like that is maybe what the cry of your heart is. And I'm going to be praying that God brings you that man, not a, not a man that's looking at younger girls. That's a cute accessory, but a man that's going to truly honor you for the woman that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And honestly, a man that can do that has probably worked out a lot of his stuff already with the Lord. Cause I find that little, you know, men can be advanced in age, but little boy can go all the way to the grave. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little boys in old man Mm. bodies and they need to stop Mm. because, you know, it's like, that was cute when you were cute. Now that you're old, it ain't cute. (laughs) No. Yeah, I think my last thought on that is I, I think it's so funny how the enemy wants us in competition and the Lord just wants us in surrender. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And true. and and yeah, and fellowship. You know, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, I think when you do get some spiritual wisdom and maturity, 
the greatest thing you can do, especially today, is to pull those young young ones in and give them your wisdom, give them your truth and your maturity, speak it to them. It's their choice at a certain point what they do with it. But if we just give up on them because they don't know any better, you know, Satan's done a good job of dividing us as sisters and we need sisterhood. You know, we need to be able to have a a safe space to vent our frustrations and our pain and our, you know, disappointments. And I, I don't, you know, I'm a girl, I've always been a guy's girl. I have a ton of guy friends always have, but the last decade of my life has been about a real appreciation and understanding of the beauty of sisterhood, real sisterhood. It's not, you you know, Stanford University did a a study on this. I'll see if I can find it actually for next week. But women need women. And it's more than even men need men. And women grow from women more than women grow from men. Mm. Think about that. Women grow from women and fellowship with each other way more than we grow from fellowship with men. And I know that to be true. As a girl who has, I, I have tons of guy friends. I don't grow in the same way. I, I, I can't even say in the same way. I don't really grow with my guy friends. I'm the leader. I'm the, I'm the wise sage. I'm the sister with my guy friends. I grow with my girlfriends, you know, so... You guys, we could definitely go on with this one all day, but we got to go for this week. Y'all, we done hit a week and um, we've been hit an hour and we're overtime today, which is not your fault for those of you uh, listening or tuning in on live stream. That was us, but we love you guys. Um, You know where you are. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. Um, we're going to get back to these comments next week. There's a lot of great comments and I'd love for us to unpack them because mm-hmm. once again, I'm always surprised when I look at a post that we make on social media and it just jumps out four times more than the others. And, and this issue of sex is a real big hotbed for everyone um, because it's the core, <laughs> it's at the core of our identity. Hotbed. Bed. <laughs> but I'm bump, no pun intended there. <laughs> exactly. It's a hot bed. Bye. <laughs> and I'm a hot mess. We love you guys. We will see you next week. <laughs> Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.